Everybody's working. With that time, yours. With the 32nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs select Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back LSU. Yeah, so that happened. <laughs> Welcome to Times Ours. I don't. I can't even tell who's laughing, and I'm not a huge fan of it. I am the currently non-electrocuted Joshua Briscoe, along with two former friends of mine, Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor. Hey, guys, how are you? You, you could see it coming with every pick. And even when one Adam Schefter says, hey, fellas, hey, ladies, you know there hasn't been a, a running back taken in the first round. And Eric Bieniemy got on that Zoom call and was like, Brett. Oh, it's Eric Bieniemy's fault. Do it. Do it to Josh. He should be coaching the Giants. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire is your Chiefs' first first round pick since Patrick Mahomes of 2017. They get Pat. They'll probably have the same amount of impact. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they get Patrick Mahomes another weapon. Can you just look for Chiefs fans? Just imagine Andy Reid scheming up screenplays for Edwards Hilaire in the open field. That that's the that's the that's that's the height of this draft pick, right? Because, sure, he's going to run the ball. He's going to be, you know, uh, a secondary player to Damian Williams to start. But just the highs could be really high, particularly with him in the open field. And, and sure, Josh, he's going to run the ball and catch it. We'll get to that. Seth, what do you want to say? Because um, I'm going to hold some things. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to tell this story as quickly as possible. Um, when I was 18 years old, me and a me and a buddy were were what we called car shopping, where we we would go around and maybe tamper with some things and maybe get into some things we shouldn't take some things we shouldn't. It wasn't great. Okay, it was a terrible thing that we mm-hmm. were doing. Um, and while we were in the parking lot of an apartment, a guy about five years older than us, who was a, a known kind of tough guy in the community, caught us in his buddy's car, and. Uh, <laughs> dragged me into the apartment where about five other dudes were hanging out with him. And they were questioning me about what I had been doing. And trust me, it's relevant here. They're questioning me about what I'd been doing, what was going on and all that stuff. And this, the tension of the situation just gradually built because at the more they talked and the more questions they asked me and the matter they got, the more I knew I was going to get punched in the face <laughs> and I knew it was coming and I knew it was coming and it just became this terrible crescendo over the course of about 15 minutes until finally the guy that initially caught me just hit me with an overhand right that I still have this huge, well not huge, but I still have a scar from my upper lip being completely split open and then he just put the boots to me like I owed them child support for about 10 minutes and <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason that came to mind because like Nate said as the draft went down I got that same feeling but this time for you Josh because <laughs> I knew it was coming I was like oh no this is gonna here, happen <laughs> here, are the, here are the people you need to be upset with Josh because it's not us uh-huh. you did this to yourself uh-huh. let me remind you you did uh-huh. this to yourself <laughs> that's true to Jordan Love getting taken by the Green Bay Packers set yep. the Chiefs down a path to yes. where they could not trade out of the 32 pick. As I mentioned before Correct. in the previous episode, they needed Jordan Love to be there to convince a team high in the second round to, to get up yep. to get the fifth-year option. The Packers yep. superseded them in doing that. 
And then Jeez. secondly, Patrick Queen was almost there. He was he was uh, falling. Mm-hmm. He was gonna so he was mm-hmm. he was so close. Mm-hmm. And the one team sure was. that the Chiefs, you know, last year the Chiefs Freaking it was Baltimore. clear that the Chiefs were chasing the Patriots. A year later, it's clear that the Ravens are chasing the Chiefs. And so yep. they make a move uh to fortify their defense. It is very wise. Everybody knows Patrick McQueen is or is probably gonna be, you know, really good to great. And so the Chiefs counter by saying why don't we get the most versatile running back in the draft? And it will also result in Joshua Briscoe taking on more <laughs> public shaming than he anticipated yeah. seventy-two I hours do. ago. <laughs> so, if I could also just add uh, the one, the one other, one other sort of team I think I should be able to blame is the team that took Christian Fulton and Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney and Michael Pittman and T. Higgins and Jalen Johnson and AJ Penza all before the Chiefs pick. Any, any, oh, they were all available. Any, what any, are we doing? Oh my goodness! Yeah, anytime you can take the eighth best wide receiver, you have Gassy. to do it. I guess. Gassy. I mean, you know, at a certain point, we we've got to. I, I hear you, Josh. I do. But T. Higgins for real. Like we're going down the list, baby. We got, we, I got numbers. I got names. I've got all these options. I would listen. It wouldn't have been T Higgins for me. It would have been Christian Fulton, uh, Christian Fulton or Grant Delpit or Xavier McKinney or Jalen Johnson. Grant it would have been one of those doesn't four know how guys. to tackle. Now Xavier McKinney, and he would have been see. after Xavier. He would have been four on my list there. It would have been yeah. Fulton, McKinney, jo- no, Fulton, Johnson, McKinney. Yeah, I like, Delpit. I like Johnson. Would have been in that yeah, I like Johnson. Yeah, I like Johnson yep. too. I would have been happy with any of those four guys. All four of those would have would have caused me less personal pain, not even in the uh, tased sense. Yeah, in the. And I'd like to say, don't. I'd like to Josh. say, as, as someone about to be tased, the ta- the tasing is not what what breaks my heart. What breaks my heart is seeing what happened to Seth Kaiser. Oh, the man. fall of this man. Watching Anakin turn to the dark side <laughs> was, was worse in real time. It really did hurt me. I I just I just hope. That one day, you know, when you get a little bit older and you understand mm-hmm. that only a Sith deals in absolutes, that sure. that there's context and that there's gray areas in this world, my man. And that's what happened here is when you have a perfect fit, when you have a situation where a team can't trade back, where you've got what probably I'm guessing the guys that they probably liked as their corners, I'm guessing we're, we're taken. You know, and so what do you do? You can't trade back. Are you going to reach for a guy that you've got a second or third round grade on just because he pay, plays a certain position? That that that's the opposite of smart. And so framing that as a reach, framing that as a reach is very lawyerly of you, Seth. It, very lawyerly. It's just it, I would love to talk about the reach that it is to take a running back the first round in twenty twenty the year of our. If board, by lawyerly okay. you mean taking a look at the evidence and coming to an objective conclusion, mm-hmm. I agree there, and I appreciate yeah. the compliment, Nate. You were going to say something. I think that's what most people listening think of whenever you say lawyerly. <laughs> so here's I the hope thing. So here's the thing, Josh. You you can't you can't look. At, it may say RB next to Mr. Clyde's name. He's just an offensive skill player uh, because mm-hmm. he may he may honestly in his rookie season he may have close to as many receiving targets as rushing attempts because we know the Chiefs are not going mm-hmm. to run the ball a ton on first down right we we assume uh-huh. sure. that will not be the case if Patrick Mahomes is is, is the quarterback so there's mm-hmm. it's it's an option for Edwards Hilaire to be. The third down option off the rip, as long as he can pass protect a decent amount, to be that that option where he's too, you know, shifty for linebackers, but he's got top flight in speed for maybe somebody in the secondary um, with obviously a quarterback who can get the ball down the field. There's just so many things schematically, and I know 
you know, Seth sort of mentioned this, but even even Hilaire, uh, Edwards Hilaire tonight in a Zoom call with the reporters here in Kansas City mentioned that schematically it's a perfect fit. These two parties had a meeting at the Combine, and it was like, don't tell anybody, but I think I'm in love. I think I'm in football <laughs> love. And so Brett Veach, after the Combine, sort of says, hey, you know, we're not going to get in another in-person visit with, you know, Edwards Hilaire because of the pandemic. Uh, we're not going to get to go to, you know, do a pro day to do more testing. So I really need you, Andy, to like grind through the tape, much in the same way he did about Deshaun Jackson, you know, Nassar McCoy, and obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And the one of the biggest facts that Brett Veach revealed tonight in explaining the pick is that, you know, the easy comparison is like, wow, if it's Andy Reid and a running back of this size and stature, that's clearly Brian Westbrook 2.0, right? And then Andy Reid watches the tape mm-hmm. of Clyde Edwards Hilaire and says, no, he's actually better than, you know, you know, um, Brian Westbrook at the moment. So, Brian Westbrook. So, yeah. that's, so that's where we are. And Brett Veach is not afraid, too, to say, like, we think he could be a pro bowler, um, which I was not expecting to come out of his mouth because he hasn't even won the starting job yet. Yeah. Seth, go ahead and dig your grave because I, I just need two minutes at the end. I just need two minutes is all that's, and then we'll be done because this is a short episode, by the way. We're doing a full thing on Monday. I feel pretty good about where I'm at. I, I think it's going to be very exciting to see how the Chiefs incorporate him. You know, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, they could have caught a, grabbed a guy who caught 59 passes last year. And instead, they grabbed a guy who caught 55. So it's going to be, you know, you know, clearly just a huge difference yeah. in the in the passing game. Cool. And so, so it seems like you're going to let me talk now. And so I guess I go ahead and I, I will. Um, you talk about, you know, dealing in extreme Seth. And I just it just genuinely hurts. I, I feel I genuinely feel a little bit sick in the pit of my stomach to watch this man who rails against box score analysis to come to this point to defend a draft pick. Seth, it's hard for me to look at. You responded to a tweet saying Clyde Edwards Hilaire caught 15 more passes. It's really Hilaire, right? Hilaire, we got to fix that. I'm never going to get that right. Caught 15 more passes last season than Henry Ruggs and 12 more than Jalen Rieger. He also had, and, he, and Seth responded, that's a great, that's a great stat that I'm going to steal many times over. I'll steal it for you, Seth. Here it is, everybody. Edwards Hilaire had uh, 8.2 yards per catch. Ruggs had 18.7. Rieger had 14.2. Why are we picking individual stats on this, Seth? Or, or someone tweeted, hey, you know what? Just think about him as a, as a wide receiver. And you guys can be, you guys can, can like this pick, and I cannot like this pick, and we'll have a great little, we'll have a great podcast on Monday. But you give me his, his receiving stat line. Think of him as a receiver, right? Okay, we're, we're, we're play, playing games with stats now. 55 receptions, great. 453 yards, 8.2 yards per carry. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Except for he's Chris Conley as a receiver. That's like literally Chris Conley. Like Chris Conley's 2016 season when he actually played lots of snaps. Mm-hmm. 44 receptions, 530 yards, 12 yards per carry. Or Demarcus Robinson last year, only 32 receptions, but 14 yards per carry, so they had about the same number of yards. Or Spencer Ware in 2018, only caught 20 passes, but averaged 11 yards per carry. I, th- these ways that people are trying to slice and dice it to be, well, think of it this way. This isn't my this isn't my phrase. This is something that Mina Kimes said uh, pre-draft, talking about Christian McCaffrey and say Christian McCaffrey is like an average slot receiver. Whenever you try to make that thing mm-hmm. happen, I know we're talking right. about a combination of an entire player, but I just all of these little these little logical bends that we're making, I just can't I can't make those make sense. And I know we we don't have a ton of time tonight, the, but that's more the, on that right the now. response to that is 
it's going to be fascinating to see what the Chiefs do in rounds two and three, right? So they didn't get an extra pick because mm-hmm. they did not move down. So they've really mm-hmm. got a hit either in the second or the third round. And I'm assuming one of those two picks has to be defense because you can't neglect that moving forward. But if Edwards Hilaire becomes an you know a genuine starter in year two because you know Damian Williams might not be back after the 2020 season, uh, that bodes well for the Chiefs in their scouting department. But Brett Veach is essentially making this pick saying he fits the scheme, he's super talented in a lot of areas, and you got to trust me because you trusted me on Patrick Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, McCole Hardman, Juan Thornhill. You need to trust me with you know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And so we're going to see how this all shakes out. But he's, he's one of these players that you're double-teaming Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and all of a sudden you're putting one of your lesser defenders on a – rookie running back who has really high ball skills in terms of receiving. That's where they think about this and another change of pace back so that Damian Williams doesn't have to take the full brunt of the carries. So it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do in the second and third round. But I think it's a, it's a trust pick where how much of you as a fan trust what Brett Veach and Andy Reid are going to do with this type of player in this specific offense. Seth, is he better than Kareem Hunt in your eyes? I, and if so, by how much? I actually really like. by how much? I re- actually really like the analogy that Seren made on eight ten when I was with him on Wednesday. He he said watching Clyde, he sees a blend of Hunt and Sproles, and so you know he's not quite. He doesn't have the top end speed Sproles has, right. but he's faster than Hunt and qu- much quicker than Hunt. Even if he's not quite as quick as Sproles, he's much stronger than Sproles in terms of bounce through contact and pushing the pile forward. Sproles was strong, don't get me wrong, did some incredible things in the weight room, but in terms of like pushing through contact, now he wasn't as strong as Hunt. He's not as strong as Hunt because Hunt is one of the strongest running backs I've ever seen. And so he's kind of that morphosis where he's got really good traits of both, where he's like, you know, 90% of each of those things. And he is a much smoother receiver than than Hunt, which is where the Sproles comparison comes in. It's impossible to say, right, without seeing him as a pro. So we'll see how it goes, like any other first-round pick. But there's a reason why, you know, it was after I really looked at his film, I was like, man, this dude is a fit. And I think he'll make the offense really fun to watch. And at the end of the day, we're all here to have fun and taste Josh. Taze, he said, not taste, which is what I heard for a second. (laughs) That sounds... How how high is the taser going for you? What are you cooking me with? Um, here's something I'll let you I'll let you work on over the weekend, Seth. Here's what I'll ask you: Is I feel like we spent a lot of time last year talking about how the offense didn't take that big a step back without Kareem Hunt, and I'm curious how much the return to that form is worth. For me, it would not be worth uh, passing on Christian Fulton. That's where I'm at. It very strongly um but that's all the time we have right now so we're all getting back together on monday you can follow all of us individually on twitter at jb briscoe at uh, at, at by nate taylor for sure at real lemon chiefs fan at this point yeah. that's kind of up to you um at this point i unfollowed seth today and so we'll <laughs> see if he earns that follow back but uh we will uh we will talk again on monday and now i throw it to hold on i've got it to brody miller He's uh, He's got the uh, the breakdown of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right here. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was named LSU's team MVP for the 2019 season. Think about that for a second. On a team with a Heisman Trophy winner, a Blitnikoff Award winner, even a Jim Thorpe Award winner, a team with six All-Americans. It was the five foot eight running back, the former three-star prospect nobody even thought should be the starting back. He was named the most valuable player on this team. How did that happen? Well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
No one even thought he would be the starting running back come October. Everyone thought one of the talented five-star freshmen would come in and steal the job from him. Instead, he became one of the key cogs in a national title season. Everyone thinks of this season, they think of the passing game, right? They think of Joe Burrow going deep. Well, Clyde Rizlair had 55 catches on that season. But also, he ran for 1,414 yards and 16 touchdowns that year. And he was the key of so many games. Go to the Auburn game when LSU was down 13-10 and the offense was stalling. Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger got on the, on the headset and said, let's pound them this drive. We're just going to run the ball and see if they can stop it. He took four straight carries for 22 yards, then 12, then 6, then 5 on a way to a touchdown to eventually win that game. Or the Alabama game that was a back-and-forth battle. Joe Burrow kind of won the Heisman that night, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the one that most would tell you won that football game. He had nine catches that night. He had 180 total yards. He was dragging defenders for the final first down to seal it and shedding tackles. Devin White, a Buckus Award-winning linebacker who's now in the NFL, once described the problem with what Clyde Edwards-Alaire brings. He said he's so hard to tackle because you lose sight of him behind the larger bodies on the line. He's only 5'8". He gets really low. But once you actually find him, White said, two things can happen. One, he'll lower his shoulder and run through you as if you're not ready for him. Or two, he hits you with a spin move that we've seen defenders from Alabama and Texas fall victim to. The most absurd stat you can point to on his season was that he had a 46% rate of making defenders miss. He's not going to have the fastest 40 time. He's not going to be the biggest guy in the room. But Clyde Edwards-Lair is simply productive. He tests off the charts in every other category, and he just flat out knows how to make people miss. All right, there's a breakdown. Much like the one that I've been having for the last several hours. <laughs> last words, guys? Um, not in the literal sense. I'll have those later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, this does not matter to the Chiefs, but I just want to welcome Aaron Rodgers to the Alex Smith chapter of his career. Because it, 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 yeah, that it's going to huh? happen, dog. Like, <laughs> you're, you're going to get traded. Seth, anything you'd like to say, cackling, uh, I don't know, betraying what we all learned about you in Act 1 and 2 of this podcast or anything like that? I really don't have anything extra to add. I thought we were done recording, so. <laughs> well, now we are! And scene! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>